the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Johnson & Johnson is entering late-stage trial uh, studies. It's going to be a big one. It looks like four major companies are racing to the finish line at this point in time for getting a vaccine, and we should start getting stage three trial leaks of data October, November. Uh, How long will it take to mass produce? From what I'm hearing, there's a very good chance we're wearing masks all the way through next year. Hmm. Oh, California, how I love thee. Johnson Johnson is launching a trial of a single-dose COVID vaccine quicker than you would have thought. That's going to be a big story today. Um, Nike is going to be a big story today. The stock market, not that big of a story today. So far, there's no major move. Other than to say we opened higher and they started lower. Now, keep in mind, we've only been open for 30 or 40 minutes, roughly. So it's not that long, all things considered. Tesla's battery day yesterday. We'll talk about that. I can't say that it was all that, how shall we say, uh, maybe it's more of a reality check for shares versus a rocket fuel for shares. Tesla faced a stock market reality check yesterday after Battery Day was judged chiefly for its emissions. (laughs) Get it? Emissions. Omissions. Oh, I'll be here all day. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. Um, investors had expected two big announcements, the development of a million-mile battery, good for 10 years or more, and a cost reduction target expressed in per kilowatts uh, hour and how expensive the battery technology is to implement and run. So we'll talk about that maybe. I was looking at an article on gas taxes and gas taxes pretty much so across the United States are creeping up. Um, you're currently saving at the pump, yes, because of the pandemic has caused the economy to slow, pushing down demand. But gas prices, taxes are going pretty consistently higher. Um, and again, it's to, f- to fix our roads and things along those lines, right? So... If there's a tax and a repair or a tax and a benefit that are so commonly tied together, tax motorists for uh, road repairs, for sure. But then again, people are like, I pay my state taxes. <laughs> I get it. Trust me, I do. Tax, 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 tax. Um, it does feel like that at times, does it not? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about on this hump day? Uh, we can talk about... Um, Nike's up 14 points, up 12%. It highlighted a digital growth of 82%, and it's raised its guidance for 2021. The 
they've gone really hardcore with a back, a, no, I'm sorry, not a back, a business to consumer model that's cutting out the department stores, which means more profit for them. If the department store is going to sell their shoes for 120 bucks a pair, Nike might sell them to the department store for 80 bucks or 60 bucks, and the department store marks it up to that $120 retail price. Suggested manufacturer's retail price is it's a brand new car. Um, as a child, I always want it to be on prices right. As an adult, there's nothing more disparaging of a thought of where my life ended up being on the price on the right. Uh, Justin Johnson said that their COVID-19 vaccine is entering phase three trials. There's typically three phases. And the way I like to explain it, and it's not tr- accurate in any way, shape, or form, but it'll make sense to you, is phase one is modeling on the drug's efficacies. We know the, you know, if you put sugar in with dye number four, it won't kill you because we've seen it before. So you're basically doing lab studies, computer models. Um, second, let's say that's when they pull out the guinea pigs, the hamsters, the rodents, the mice, the rats, anything they can inject with the vaccine so as to see, oh, a hamster's got a similar immune uh, system as a man, and we could see that it's building antibodies. Okay, let's go on to the fir- third phase. Third phase is let's bring in the humans. Basic idea. So third phase is the important one, in my opinion. Um, getting through phase one and two can be easy. Phase three could show you where there's complications because there's not, I mean, let's say, uh, the extremes here, like a pregnant lady from Southeast Asia is different than the hormones of a pregnant lady in North America. I don't know if that's true or not. (laughs) I'm just saying that's an example of why you need to test these things widely to make sure that there aren't birth defects or any other issues before you give them to the whole world as a cure and uh, panacea. Uh, Johnson Johnson is in the news. KB Homes down 1.2%. The report is highest level of orders since 2005. Um, that's strong. Mortgage applications up 6.8%, 3% increase in purchase applications. Um, the House passed a continuing resolution bill last night. It's expected to be approved by the Senate. So a little bit of work getting done in Washington tied towards keeping the government open, not getting stimulus out, but keeping the government funded, Uh, which seems ridiculous that we would go there, but we need to go there. Um, Other big stories of note today, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ have entered yesterday with a four-day losing streak, and it appears that we got a little bit of a reprieve. Four down days, one update does not break a trend. So September is going down as not the best. September for the NASDAQ is down 6.9%. The S&P 500 is down 5.3%. I think we're on the 23rd day of September. <clears throat> so we're wrapping up. Year goes by fast, doesn't it? You should have maxed out your 401k essentially by now. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, the recovery trade tied towards Johnson Johnson's news might get a little bit of action today. Might is the phrase, right? Other big stories that I want to hit 
Well, let's hit Nike a little bit right here, right now, because it's one of the three big stories of the day. Um, they've continued to gain ground in digital. Digital sales grew 82% in the first quarter, following a 75% jump the period before. Um, nearly all of Nike's locations were open across North America, Europe, the Middle East, Africa, Greater China. The company has some reach, huh? 85% of the Nike-owned stores in North America have reopened, along with 90% in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. Nearly all of its stores are open in China. So you have to say that they've weathered most of the hardest part of the storm. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. From my childhood, I do remember going to a Sizzler. We did a lot of, um, we were kind of the great American family We were in, when we were in the United States. My father was military intelligence, so we spent a lot of time overseas. Uh, but when we were in the United States, we, we did a lot of family trips and, you know, anytime we would... Uh, get deployed in foreign countries, we would, uh, you know, drive to the airport and stop at a Sizzler. It was kind of a weird little thing. Um, several other companies have died during this period of time. J. Crew, Lord & Taylor, GNC Vitamins, which I wish Americans would cut down on their obsession with vitamins, supplements, and just eat better. Uh, Tuesday morning, gone. Tailored brands, gone. Neiman Marcus, Brooks Brothers, JCPenney, all brands that have died during this pandemic. All big names. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There's a good article um, in syndication right now that talks about COVID-19 and when it'll finally be over. Trump said yesterday something along the lines of... I should refer to him as President Trump. The title is important. President Trump said yesterday that we should have a vaccine in four to six weeks and enough vaccines being uh, manufactured by April. So it's starting to give you some timeline, potentially. Um, I don't know if we can trust timelines, but potentially. But the article that I'm reading was tied towards the idea of pre-pandemic life, pandemic life, post-pandemic. And what it is implying is, what does American life look like in 2025? So I don't think, I I kind of agree that a lot of our habits are going to be very slow to recover. Do I think the Super Bowl will be sold out this year? No. Do I think it next year? Yeah. Difference in 2025 is that when those people go home from the stadium, they might be taking a self-driving Uber. Um, Tesla is going to Tesla is teasing a self-driving feature, fully self-driving, fully self-driving, and they're kind of implying soon. I don't know about that, but we'll see. And the only reason I'm, I'm grumbling under my breath is we've been hearing for eight years that twenty by 2018, we're going to have self-driving cars. By 2019, complete self-driving cars. And the stuff that Tesla does on the road, on the highways, is pretty cool. The city driving stuff makes me a little bit nervous. But that's, again, that's a habit that has to change. And habits are very slow to change. Um, I think we'll see restaurant r- really get stronger 
from here on, but it's going to get stronger with what's referred to as a reinvention following decay. Um, some concepts like cafeterias probably need to go away. Or that uh, salad uh, bars probably need to go away. We're going to see the meat industry obviously get up to speed with safety standards. So we saw a lot of problems rise this year at meat packing plants. Where's the beef? Where is the beef? Clara Peller, she was a sweetheart, was she not? Gone way too soon. Very good-looking spokesperson. That's true. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, so I don't expect the strongest GDP numbers in 2022. I expect 2023, 2024, 2025 should be improvements. Um, but that's not to say you can't have winners. Nike is doing a dang good job of showing you how to do business. Apple's doing a really good job of showing you how to do business. One of the issues that's hitting, and it's it's fun to analyze this in real time, not, is the 2020 wildfires. And again, talking about changing habits and changing trends, um, there's a lot of money in it. There's $8 billion worth of real estate currently at risk in California and Oregon, which equates to about 23,000, 24,000 homes, roughly. In recent weeks, dozens of fires have lit up California and Oregon. It seems like Oregon and Washington was much more of a tinderbox. Um, towns are destroyed. We're getting forests crushed in California, but they're getting towns destroyed. And that's both rural and suburban communities. The fires could also destroy a lot of homes on the market, roughly $8 billion worth of residential real estate. Keep in mind, we pay more for our insurance because we live in fire areas. One in four Californians live in a, a fire zone. We pay less for our homes because it's designated a fire zone. So there is a lot of financial ramifications when you talk fire. Fires usually fit within the scope of an expected season. This year, once again, is different. Um, six of the 20 largest fires in California history have been ablaze this year. So we keep taking last year's record. No, we got three brand new records, and we're like, it's crazy. So the stakes are huge for the national economy. Uh, but there's a lot of people who have California real estate as that's California, Oregon. real. That's their whole you know, savings. That's their whole nut, so to speak. You could squirrel away a big one that way, right? Um. It's a mega disaster this fire season, and I've seen friends start to move away from California. It was a trend that was before the wildfires, but I see it accelerating a bit in wildfire season. Um, and again, the scope of the disaster is property damage, tax revenue. There's a, there's a lot that goes on to this. Um, the fires could help big city property values. As people go, I don't really want to live in the woods. I want to live in the big city. But weren't we just saying three months ago, I don't want to live in the big city. I want to move to the woods. There's a lot going on, right? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing in more. Uh, let's take a look at the markets. Mm -hmm. 
getting a little bit weaker as the morning goes on, but still not very dramatic. Wall Street tends to move in quarters, and earnings season will be coming up again soon. And the month before earnings season, it gets quiet. Two months before earnings season is when we start adjusting what's going on. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining us now, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Nice to be back with you. It's good to have you, as always. You write the page one, which is how I start my day each and every day. I look for it. Um, eyeball it, wait for it to see what the angles are going to be. Uh, we've had, if I were to sum up a little bit of your column today, four or five bad days in a row, four bad days in a row, and one up. So technically, September's not looking that good. Let's start there, maybe, as far as it's been a good year, but September's not. Uh, are we going into a September surprise, October surprise kind of event? Well, I think, you know, uh, we have to remember, too, that uh, the many months leading up to September were outstanding. <laughs> so, you know, while uh, the S&P 500 is down a little less than 6% month to date, uh, for the quarter, we're still up over 6%. Uh, and then you can kind of, you know, carry that over to the NASDAQ as well. You know, the NASDAQ's down about uh, just under 8%, but for the quarter, it's still up 8%. So, you know, what you've got going on most likely is uh, it's a little bit of the air being let out. Um, and, uh, you know, taking some money off the table, obviously, after an extraordinary run that had been catalyzed by the uh, extreme outperformance of those mega cap names. And because they uh, comprise such a significant percentage of the S&P 500, when they underperform, it does make it difficult, you know, or, uh, more challenging, certainly, for the, for the broader market to kind of get a leg up. And uh, and so you just kind of have this this general wave of profit taking here, um, which is should not be frankly that surprising uh, given how far things ran in such a short amount of time. And of course, given what we all know about the economic realities out there, uh, which are better than feared, but certainly are not good uh, at this juncture. Taking a look at some of the headline news this morning, Nike had a blowout quarter. Johnson & Johnson is advancing on COVID-3 testing, uh, phase 3 testing, COVID-19. I think I said COVID-3. I'm mixing my concepts. Um, the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine phase 3 trials or Nike digital earnings up 82%, which do you think is a bigger story? Uh, I, you know, I, I guess if I had to pick between the two, I would I would choose Nike. Um, okay. Only because you know uh, Nike is a multinational company. Um, it's a consumer discretionary name, and uh, and it's a company that uh, clearly continues to see good demand. Which you know, which you extrapolate from there is that despite everything going on in the world, um, you know, consumers continue to, to spend out there and. And um, and I think it you know breathes a little life into the the recovery trade you know which uh, obviously the Johnson Johnson vaccine news certainly supports that idea um, but you know Johnson Johnson is still 
you know, even in a best case scenario, makes it sound as if, you know, they might not get emergency use authorization if everything goes well with these phase three trials until sometime, you know, in the first quarter of 2021, you know, whereas, you know, Nike is, is in the here and now and it's, you know, it's telling us that its business is doing very well, uh, and that's a you know relatively encouraging thing as it relates to consumer spending activity, uh, not only uh, domestically but around the, around the world. And it also goes to show, um, you know, what great marketing capability this company has, and, uh, and the successful transition of a business model that's putting you know a greater emphasis on that direct to consumer um, operation. It looks to me, um, reading reports out of Walmart, it's going to be a different Black Friday event this year. Um, how do you think that's going to play out on Wall Street as we're staying with masks for the foreseeable future? I heard one estimate yesterday through 2022, uh, through 2021, end of 2021. Um, how is that going to play as we're starting to move into the... This is the shopping season. This is the holiday season. Um, what are you expecting? Are you expecting GDP to get back to normal in 2021, 2022, 2023, pre-pandemic, pandemic, post-pandemic? Um, how are you feeling about this dragging into the holiday season and how it's, how it's going to look going forward? Right. Well, you know, it, 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 it took um, about five quarters, I believe, to get back to um, – uh, GDP levels that were seen uh, in 2007. That is, you know, before uh, before you had the meltdown in 2008, 2009. Um, this is clearly, you know, in that category, and 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 really, it's even worse. So, um, so it could still be a stretch to see GDP, you know, get back to um, where we were. Uh, in the first quarter of this year, uh, even in 2021. So, uh, and that, that, that act of recovery will get more challenging, uh, obviously, if, if, I think if there's, um, you know, there continues to be an impasse over the idea of, of providing more fiscal stimulus. I mean, we still have an unemployment rate that's, you know, 8% plus. Uh, which is obviously much better than what some have projected would be at this juncture, but nonetheless, it's still quite high. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's going to incorporate a, you know, large swath of consumers that, you know, will, as they drain savings here in the absence of any, you know, further stimulus efforts, that in turn can be a drag on the, the much needed consumer spending activity that drives, you know, the, the, the economy. Um, so, um, so it won't be a, uh, you know, unlike the stock market, you know, we're not, you know, anticipating that uh, quote-unquote V-shaped recovery for, for the economy here. What else are you seeing out there today that you think should be important to know? We're six weeks away from the election. Um, you're seeing the U.K. continue to struggle with coronavirus and may do another lockdown. Are there any headlines that are jumping out to you that aren't doom and gloom? Well, I'm not going to say. What headlines are jumping out to you that you want to expand on a little bit? Well, you know, Rob, I'm, I don't know if it's so much as a, a single headline as it, as it is a collective sense that, um, you know, the, the level of uncertainty right now is very high. Um, you know, and I say that, and I, I classify it that way because, you know, there's always uncertainty, right? The future is inherently uncertain. 
But as you look over the near-term horizon and um, and you see what's clearly shaping up to be a very contentious uh, election cycle um, from a political and economic and a social standpoint, um, you know, the, the feeling of uncertainty surrounding that election is about as great as it's ever been. Um, and, you know, and that's one component. You know, we talked earlier about, you know, the vaccine idea. Um, there seems to be some promising, you know, developments here also on the near horizon. Um, you know, but at the same time, we recently heard news that the FDA is kind of tempering expectations for, you know, vaccine before the election, you know, suggesting that the likelihood of that is not all that high. Um, and, you know, and but we all have a vested interest in wanting to see a successful vaccine. We just don't know the timing of when one that the general public will deem or accept as safe and effective really kicks in. And, and you know, and then what multiplier effect that then does have for the economy. And so that's that's a great unknown out there. And then obviously, of course, you still have the, the China component there that, um is just full of angst, you know, as it relates to, you know, potential retaliatory action against U.S. companies possibly, um, knowing it's going to be a, also a, a uh, uh, central component of, of election politics here. And so, uh, and then the last thing I would add simply is that, you know, what we touched on kind of start things off is that, you know, you have these mega cap stocks that have had huge runs, but they, they seem to have lost some momentum of late, and there's questions around whether they'll regain that momentum, and and uh, if they don't, does that mean you see more rotation into you know value names, or does it mean that because they don't regain momentum, maybe then the you know the entire market sort of falls under their weight? Um, so uh, you know, brief synopsis really just kind of just this this palpable sense of, of heightened uncertainty that from our standpoint, is likely to lead this market to kind of trade in a wide range, sideways wide range, uh, certainly leading up to the election and possibly for a bit thereafter. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us, and we will chat with you soon. We look forward to hearing you every Wednesday at this time. It's probably my favorite segment of the week, uh, but your reading, your writing materials are kind of a joy for me to each and every day. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. We hit on a lot of topics there. Um, I feel like the tone is a little bit negative right now, and I, I almost positioned it like, give me some good news. <laughs> but it's only one bad month, and we're having a great year. But that shows you how psychologically frail people could be, even myself. Um I'm not looking for the truth right now. I'm looking for sunshine, which is kind of funny with California because we were socked in for 30 days in a row with unhealthy air. And then you go out in the California sunshine and you start playing a little Beach Boys music in your head. It's we're looking for sunshine right now. Hey, if you're looking for an Xbox, good luck. Yesterday was pre-order day. Um, Completely sold out. Microsoft said that they're going to try to get some stock available for when it launches on November 10th. But you're talking about stores getting inventory of seven, eight, or nine boxes. That ain't going to last long. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. We used to need a new computer when, what, every three years, roughly? Same thing with phones. Every one or two years, there's a replacement cycle. But this year, due to the pandemic, there was a kids were working from home. Kids, no, dads are, mom and dads are working from homes. Kids are doing schools from homes. 
I've spent more on electronics this year than the last three years combined. Um, even more on TVs. Uh, why you're like why TVs? Because I'm at the point where living in a small house, you have to like zone people off. Whereas it used to be like, well, I could go read a book or something along those lines. But we're using more competitive zones to be enhanced with electronics. So it's been a good year for Logitech, uh, Turtle Beach. It's been a good year for uh, video camera makers. It's been a good year for wireless routers. As we've learned, um, the best way to do a Zoom call is with an Ethernet cable. But the second best one is with a better wireless router and updated modem. Comcast, uh, they've been a big winner, selling more broadband, for sure. I upgraded my feed at my home in large part because when you're drawing four Zoom calls, you know, you're almost expecting the dog to get on Zoom, too, and say, I'm going to break you, old man. Um, but it's been good. Yesterday, the Xbox uh, Series X and Series S sold out immediately. Walmart, Amazon, Best Buy, Target, and Microsoft's own site. Uh, by 8 o'clock, they went on sale. Microsoft did the good thing by telling everyone when it would do it and then drop it randomly. But it also did a bad thing because everyone was waiting for it and crashed the websites. People are angry. They're getting on Twitter like, good job, Best Buy. You just ruined my Christmas. Ha, 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 true. And this leaves you now. It's been such a good year for electronics. This is helping even a company like eBay. Stop here for just a second. Knowing that eBay gets a cut of the transaction, right? Just stop for just a second and think about... Uh, I've used eBay more this year. In large part, when the retailer didn't have what I needed. Like, I had to get three video cameras to get prepped for back to school. Um, I'd go to eBay and get it from a seller on eBay. When I needed a trolling motor, and this, this summer, when... Basically, there was no inventory getting to uh, bash shops or Walmart super centers. We all panicked in March and April, and we said, we need boats. and We need we need distractions where we can isolate while still getting out. Get some sunshine, something along those lines, right? So eBay's been a big winner. Big winner. As one of the you know areas that can supply our demands. I'm going to look at eBay stock based on that premise. Probably we'll get more of a, a flushed out answer next hour. But I think they're one of the backdoor plays on everything that's been happening with COVID and our, our changing shopping habits going more and more online. Yesterday, I did a big feature on groceries and how it's a $900 billion industry. So just a 1% move is a big old chunk of revenue. And I think the best people positioned for that, I concluded, were Target, Walmart, Amazon. Um, and then you get some of the delivery companies, but they're not publicly traded usually. And they carry some risks as well that aren't, how shall we say, uh, maybe letdowns. But I've changed the way I buy groceries, and I don't see that going back anytime soon. eBay. Let's see if there's anything that I could talk about that. Um, eBay is going to be one of those names. It's what I want to flush out a little bit that can do as well as the star tech name that you want to own because they've underperformed and they're not well loved. 
there was a day when eBay was all that in a bucket of chicken. You'd be like, wow. If you ever gotten a bucket of chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken, your first thought is, wow. Then you're eating and you're going, tasty. <laughs> and then an hour later, you're on the toilet going, that wasn't such a good idea. But eBay is one of those stocks that's not well-loved. It used to be well-loved. eBay is expanding its payments to France, Italy, and Spain. They began managing payments on its platforms in the United States for a select group of eligible sellers. They've already enrolled over 255,000 sellers. eBay has managed payments for nearly 42,000 and processed $4.7 billion. Um, they've got a new collaboration with the UPS. I was going to say USPS, but it's UPS. Um, I, 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 I'm not really sure I'm liking the idea as I talk through it. Um, it definitely had its better days. I'm just looking for that. There's no analyst that likes it right now. And yet I've spent more money on it this year. Now, I'm not everyone, so that's a bit of an issue. It's kind of a company when I'm looking at it. It's kind of rated in um, a sell. And it's getting upgraded to holds, which is almost saying like, well, you're not even good enough for a buy. Um, And that could actually work in your favor. Oh, I see one of the negatives for it. Um. United States Postal off, uh, Postal Service, some of the delays that we've been talking about with the mail and the ballots are really hitting eBay personally, so to speak. Um, so I've talked through it a little bit. Now I'm going to take a look at the stock. And as you heard me talk through it, I can't, you saw some of my process of trying to find, okay, it's not loved. That's good, not bad. Um, what are the problems? What are the pros? What are the cons? S- before pandemic, it was at $38 a share. And then during the pandemic, it went down to 27 But now it's already up to 51 So it's gone from 38 to 51 That's not a bad move. Um, so maybe some of the move is already priced in. Let's take a look at some of the valuations on it, though. 